0: If you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom, and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news. You have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com, And I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about software as medical device, but in terms of globalization. So uh, we have some companies that are developing their software. They are registering their software within their countries or their region. And then they want to expand to go globally and they're I can say that some problems will arrive. So uh, I have with me Stéphane Berger, so Regulatory Affairs Manager for uh, Avicenna, uh, and he will help us to understand that. So Stefan, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hello
1: Monia, thank you for your invitation
0: you're welcome so uh Stefan uh, we had a discussion and uh, mainly we discussed about uh, uh about the globalization of medical devices and software in particularly so uh I'm and it's why we have we are making this episode because you it was really interesting uh all what you told me and um it's important maybe to share this information also with people and to see how uh, this can be helping them to progress also But before to dig inside this topic, so can you just make a small introduction of yourself so that we have a better understanding of who you are?
1: Yes, sure. Uh, So uh, my name is Stéphane Berger. I am the the regulatory affair manager at Avicenna. Uh, I have 25 years experience in the the industry, more especially in the semiconductor world uh, and in the medical device uh, ultrasound imaging world uh i was a bsi auditor uh two years ago and uh, uh so uh our company avicena is a small startup uh who, who distribute uh so far as medical device uh product in more than 40 countries today and um and this is product dedicated to the agency pathology in the CT scan uh, imaging world
0: exactly so um and just to disclose everything, so we we are Easy Medical Devices, your partner for the different region for authorized representative in and the region. So uh, just to also mention that uh, it's why we we know each other and we 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 know about the the products there. Um, so uh, in terms of software as medical device, as as we said, so uh, we have actually the challenge in Europe because we have to register uh, now in Switzerland also plus also in the UK because there is Brexit, Suixit, et etc but we have also the other regions that we are trying to to go for. But first, in terms of the registration, like just in Europe, we have a lot of changes that were happening for software as medical devices. So can we just maybe have maybe just a few list of things that where there is kind of some revolution or some change in technologies in software that makes it difficult or challenging or that change the rules for medical devices?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh today the, the medical software uh, uh, the software as medical device exactly is is uh um is a term that we are using for our worldwide, I would say this is the term coming from the FDA. And uh and when we are in Europe, we are using the medical device software. This okay. is a two different terms that, uh, that 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 have been used and uh, um and there is small differences in the in the approach but uh, uh if we consider uh, globally this uh, this kind of device uh, in europe the the classification of all these devices was mainly class one under the mdd and uh, with the coming of the mdr there is a lot of changes and now the these software are now at minimum of class 2 a. and uh when we know that, uh, most of countries are recognized in the past uh, MDD classification, uh, it changed also worldwide because most of countries are now considering the fact to, uh, to be, uh, to have a new classification. So sometimes they, they stay with the MDD classification. Sometimes they try to implement the MDR classification. Uh, sometimes they, like in Switzerland, they decide to recognize the FDA classification. So. It's, Really, uh, uh, uh this is uh, the challenge that is coming in the um, in the coming in the coming months.
0: Exactly, and so we have we are actually in the MDR. There are still some transition period, which means that we have already some software that were MDD class one that continue to be MDD class one until the end of this transition period. So we have some; it's not stable actually, um, but to add to that to this instability we have new technologies that arrives in software like artificial intelligence machine learning etc so this this makes it more difficult also for regulators i mean not for the companies that are creating but for regulators to understand how they have to organize all that
1: yes you're right and uh, so today when we say artificial intelligence this is a big word for for uh, for something that is today more simple I would say because most of, of uh, what what we call the IEMD, the artificial intelligence medical device uh, are in fact uh, uh, machine learning uh, algorithm or deep learning algorithm and they are not really uh, artificial intelligence. So today there is no real continuous learning uh, uh, software that exists in, in the field. Uh, it start to arrive but uh, uh it's not real it's not a reality and uh and and it will be so that we know that the regulator are working on this uh on this subject with the coming Ie act that is yeah, coming yeah. we know that also the Ido standard is working on a, on an actual uh, uh IE QMS. so today when you are a medical device company you have to follow the 13485 uh, standard. you have to follow most of times the IGO 27, one standard for, for the cyber security and, and the security of the information. And now they are working on a, on a standard on the QMS for, for, for artificial intelligence. So the, there is a lot of complexity that are, that are coming to try to regulate this, uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, world. Um, and some countries in the world try to be in advance to, uh, to Europe, especially to Europe, um, because Europe does not really have guidance for this specific device. In US, you have some specific category for this kind of device. In Singapore, in Australia, you have some specific guidance also. But in Europe, clearly this is, uh, we are a little bit behind, uh, in terms of, of um, uh, regulation.
0: And I suppose that this, differences in the different countries and and also inside uh, the the Europe uh, is difficult for regulators. We have maybe some regulators that are aware of all this and they are maybe ahead and they know exactly what to ask. Some that have no clue what we are talking about and are maybe more like this. So I suppose that manufacturers that are listening to us, that are manufacturing a medical device, uh, software as a medical device that has those kind of technologies may be confronted to some auditors that are not really up-to-date vacancy on all this and it's normal i'm not blaming anybody it's normal because as i said it's not a stable situation so that so do you as as avicenna do you have had if i those kind of situations yeah sure because
1: when we are audited uh we you need to have an auditor who have uh the qualification, uh, for for the equipment, normally this one for the thirteen five five, this is not an issue. But then you are making software, so they need to have the qualification to be able to understand the sixty two three oh four and the eighty two three oh four uh, for for the software as medical device. Uh They also need to be qualified. In our case, we are MDSAP, so they also need to have the MDSAP qualification code. So mm-hmm. when you had all these qualification, it start to be a very number of of uh, Reduce number of auditors that can audit you. And in the future, if you consider that in addition of that, they need also to be qualified with the future I uh, yeah, Act, act. Yeah. that is coming, uh, maybe the IEQMS I also, then for sure, uh, finding a notified body is complex, but now it will add the complexity because uh, the, the number of notified bodies is very reduced. And it will be more and more with all this, uh, requested qualification that will come. So I think this is a big challenge for, for all the, um, the new company in the choice of their notified
0: body. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And uh, as we said, we are in transition. So there are a lot of things that can happen. Nothing is stable, uh, here in, 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 if I can say in Europe. Um, what about, I mean, as we talk about globalization, so Europe is, a place a macro environment where we have this kind of situation uh, we are also talking a lot about the US mainly because US are also in advance in some of those uh, elements those guidances a, disc- a lot of discussion about those kind of software etc so can we make a comparison so do you think like US is is at the same stage as us or higher or what is exactly your your understanding on this i think us is a
1: little bit in advance because there is a long time ago that they consider uh and that they have product code for uh for for software medical device and and especially for for artificial intelligence device so uh when when you enter the the um the us market uh so you have different pathway you have the pmes which is you know and most of time most of company who are not really innovative and try to to follow what exists use the 510 clearance uh, pathway and uh and for the, when you choose this pathway you 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 have a, you have a to choose a, an existing product code and you have some product code dedicated to the uh, radiology imaging and depending on what kind of uh, of detection you want to to do you will have specific product code and uh it doesn't exist in other um uh,
0: in other countries. Exactly. So US and EU are mainly the m- most recognized if I can say standards or most recognized regulations in also other countries. I know that if you go to some countries like Maghreb or if you go to some countries um, that are, have no regulation or uh, lower regulation, they recognize CE marking or USFDA those kind of things. So, um, is there is there really a chance here for some uh, manufacturers to say um, if it is recognized, it's better to go to those countries than to go to a country that is not recognizing those standards? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, today, the
1: the, the uh the global the the startup model is that uh, what what is changing today is that when you have this kind of algorithm uh you are not distributing the medical device like when you are distributing the hardware yeah because when when you are distributing the hardware you are going uh, with local distributors who know the local rules and most of time you you give them the responsibility for the registration etc. uh here, with software, you are most of the time using Marketplace, we distribute globally, and you are in charge of registration in all these countries. And so the strategy to um uh, register more globally in all these countries is to identify the, uh, what is recognized. What is recognized is the CMARC and the FDA clearance uh, that are recognized in most of countries. So the best strategy is first to try to to go with the FDA uh, or with uh, with the CE mark but we know that with MDR today it's maybe simpler to to go with the FDA uh before trying to to go in other countries because they will recognize this uh, this clearance and it will be easier to to enter this market
0: exactly so for example when you are let's say that you are outside of Europe and you are then getting a CE mark for your products. If you want to go inside of Europe, it's the same. You have to find an authorized representative. You have to find also sometimes importers, etc. So um, you, I mean, y- you are located in uh, France, and you are selling also in Switzerland and in the UK, for example. And for example, as we said, Easy Medical Device is your partner. So uh, was it difficult for you to to make this change because before it was like a one region with everything now it's moving to three regions to three different uh, regulation of three different things so was this also a big challenge for you to move to these uh, new rules
1: yeah yeah sure um this is uh you, you have to you have to follow uh you have to have a, a, a regulatory watch uh worldwide because you you as a regulatory uh affair manager you are Supposed to know all the regulation in the world exactly. where you want to go. And this is, this is the biggest issue. So, uh, so for sure, as, as everything is changing, this is most of the time challenging to, to, uh, um, to follow all these changes. And, um, and yes, it's difficult, but, um, so if we come back to, to the example of, of US, so you to the example of Switzerland, maybe we'll come back later on. Um, but for, for U.S., you, uh, uh, you need to have a U.S. agent and you need, uh, and normally you need also a national importer. Exactly. Okay. As we are software, this is a dematerialist product. So this is not mandatory. The national importer is not mandatory, but the U.S. agent is mandatory. And most of the time it's, uh, you need to choose someone who is located in U.S. You have no choice. And you need to also have someone who has the ability to discuss with the. Um,
0: so it's, uh, it's it's equivalent to the authorized representative in Europe exactly. or UK or Switzerland or what we are, what we are doing here, yeah. Exactly. This is uh,
1: this model that was in the US that, that have been uh, reproduced in uh, um, in uh, in Europe and and in most of countries now.
0: Hey, just a second. Do you need a EU, Swiss, or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at eo.easymedicaldevice.com So the, the difficulty, I mean, it's the same as... Uh, so we talk about US, Swiss, or UK, but if you go to Saudi Arabia, if you go to, um, I don't know, to uh, Brazil or any other regions, Mainly, it's, they have all the same rules to have a representative in the region, to have somebody there. uh Mainly, the, the just to explain the idea for that is mainly that if the manufacturer is doing something wrong or its product is, like I can say, doing bad in the country, um, they have to have a representative that is kind of liable for uh, what's happening to the products. Uh, so, if this representative is is in the country, then it's more easy for them to sue them or to uh, do something with, uh, with them or to uh, have somebody on hand, if I can say to, uh, to, to talk to, um, then if, if the manufacturer is in China and, uh, the product is in Brazil, so then it can be maybe difficult to have those kind of discussion here. So this is mainly the objective here. So you, for example, as Avicenna, you have to find a representative in each of those regions one by one, I suppose.
1: Exactly. This is the, uh, this is the biggest challenge because, uh, you can choose, uh, uh, big company that that provide an offer to uh to most of countries, but most of the time the, the business model is not uh, uh adapted to, to the startup company um like us. So uh the the easiest way for us is to find really partners in each of these countries to be able to be our, our marketing authorized representative. Um and uh and yeah and this is a challenge because uh uh it's not always easy uh when you go when you want to go to some so some countries that are, are requesting and it's mandatory in some other countries you you can go without without having the, the local authorized, authorized representative. for example At do one, you have
0: examples
1: yeah for example in canada you don't need uh you don't need uh, a local authorized, authorized representative. okay you, you need you you can for the case of Avicenna, we have a MDIL so a license for the establishment, and so we can go by ourselves. Then we have distributors, but we don't need the, the, the market uh, authorized representative in the country.
0: Okay. Uh, and your country?
1: Uh, in, a, in a country where, where we we need the marketing authorized representative. Yeah, we we'll where we'll we don't need yeah. Well, we, we don't need, I uh, don't have some in mind.
0: Um, I oh, mean, it's yeah. really it's really uh, rare to have a country that is not required. So when you have one, yeah. it's really uh, something that you have to go, to go for, but it's really rare. And as you've said also, you have the difficulty to find a representative maybe. You have also difficulty because in this region, the regulation is different than in Europe. So you have also to change something on the packaging sometime. Uh, I remember that we had some countries that says, uh, like in Asia, that they need some additional tests for uh, some some products. Maybe not software, but for some products. So you have also to deal with those. Um, if I can say differences, where uh, CE marking is maybe accepted, but maybe they have a new layer of information that is needed. Uh, which can be the difficulty also for you, because you you want to have one product that can match everybody so that it's better. But here you have to have one product that is matching this country, one with this country, one with this country, with this country which can be also really the challenge for 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 your company.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, this is why you you need to have the the local representative who knows very well the the local rules and who can help you to transform your technical file uh in the the local uh requirement uh because most of time it, it's challenging also to understand what what they need and uh um, there is some specific requests sometimes that it's difficult to understand because um, uh yeah you i can give an example i i am trying to register in, in thailand at this time and uh in thailand they request on the labeling to have the quantity quantity one to be on the label. For okay. software, it's it's strange to have to put this, and I try to negotiate, but no, they need this number of quantity on the labeling, so we put it. But yeah, this is this kind of a thing that with a uh, a specific uh, competent authority, you will have some requests uh, that are I would I would say strange.
0: And you just said, for example, uh, in Canada, you don't need a representative, but you have a distributor there. What are we? When we are talking about a distributor for a software, does it mean that you have to send your software to a server that is within this distributor, and then from there it goes to the other people, or how is it working exactly? This logistic of software also.
1: It really depends. Uh, in our case, we so we have a business to to B two B model, uh, but then you you have different kind of distribution, uh, different kind of distribution network. Uh, it could be, uh, as I said, with Marketplace. So Marketplace is like a, 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 an app store on the mobile phone, but this is an app store for the hospital. And now they have a, a, a lot of uh, software application available in this Marketplace. So the Marketplace is the distributor. Okay. And most of times time, this is a non-medical device platform. And uh, they, they propose medical device uh, on their platform. And so this is why, as a medical device manufacturer, we need to be able to register in each country where, where they want to uh, to distribute the product.
0: Okay. And um, in terms of uh, regulations, we talked a lot about U.S., uh, CE marking, etc. FDA. There is one regulation that um, people don't really understand apparently, which is MDSAP. So mainly. MDSAP is a Medical Device Single Audit Program, and there are five countries that are inside: uh, U.S., uh, Brazil, Canada, uh, Australia, Japan. Um, so some people think, "Oh, if I am MDSAP, then I am registered in all those countries." So, what is your experience about that?
1: Um, so my experience is that uh, MDSAP is useful, but most of them is not well understood. Uh, as a, as a uh, former, uh, BSI MDSAP auditor, I, I discovered that, uh, most of the time the customer were, um, wanted to be MDSAP without understanding what would be the benefits of, of being MDSAP, uh, and having the MDSAP certificate. So MDSAP is really dedicated to the QMS. So it's uh, the equivalent of the five, but uh, it's recognized by, the, as you say, five countries that are uh, members. And uh, we have affiliate members also, like Singapore, like Korea, that that uh, recognize some part of the MD not the global uh, evaluation, but they, they they recognize some some aspect. And some of obta- the observers, like like C and UK, and we could expect that in the future they will recognize also the the MD-SAP and it will simplify the, uh, the way uh, of recognition of your QMS worldwide. But today, this is just a recognition of your QMS for these countries. And uh, it doesn't help you to um, uh, to register your product in the countries. Even if having this certificate sometime will help, but this is not official. It will not give you access to the market. You will still need to register in US, in, uh, in uh, Brazil, in uh, Australia. And uh, uh, you will just need to give this md sub certificate to prove that your CMS is, um, is, uh, is compatible with the 13485 requirement and the local uh, registra- uh, requirement also.
0: And uh, I have participated in some of the md sub certification for some of the customers. Um, one of the questions that are within the md sub certificate, for example, if you want to go to Japan, to Brazil, or whatever, uh, they ask you for the process of registration of your products within those countries, and some of them said, "But have you initiated that?" And the answer is no. So then it's not compliant, if I can say. So the point is also that you have to have initiated the, maybe the the discussion with an authorized representative or so a member there. You have to to show that the process is in place. It's not just like, "Oh, I plan in maybe five years to register in Japan, so that I want to have my." my um, MD SAP for Japan while I'm not doing anything for Japan for the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. To pass the the Chapter 2, you need to prove that uh, you have the market authorization, or if you don't have, at the time of the audit, if this is your first uh, uh, audit, you need to prove that you have started the process, so that you have identified a sponsor in Australia and that you have determined your classification in this specific region and, uh, that you have in, uh, um, in ends, all the, what is needed to perform the registration in this country that uh, you want in your jurisdiction for the MDSAP activity.
0: No, I think it's great. So I hope, yeah, this clarifies the thing about MDSAP because we have a lot of people that say, oh, let's be MDSAP for that. But. For globalization of your software, it helps yeah. in terms of quite imagine system, but there are some yeah. here.
1: If I can add something on MDSAP, so what, what will be the benefits of being MDSAP is that with the FDA, for example, you will uh, limit the number of uh, of audit by the FDA, the standard audit by the FDA, because they recognize the MDSAP certification, but it will not avoid the un- unintended audit. So uh FDA could go uh, at your door and say Allowed the FDA, we need to audit you. So it's not because you are, you are MDSAP that you will avoid that. Uh, FDA could come in yeah. addition to your notified body also that, that will audit you for the MDSAP. They could perform an uh, unattended audit, uh, for, for the C, uh, C mark. But, um, but in addition, you could have the FDA that could come at any time.
0: Yeah so just maybe also for people that are startups and ha- don't have this experience so um if you are a company that is registering in many countries uh, the point is that those countries uh, the the MH in those countries can come and audit you uh, so the objective of MD SAP was to reduce this number because mainly you had some companies and I know some of them that are were kind of uh, audited every week because they are supplying products to other manufacturers and then they had to do that. So uh, it was really a burden for them. They had to hire even one additional person resource just to manage those audits uh, because every week they had an audit from all notified bodies and announced, all notified bodies announced or um, MH or authorities from all over the world coming. So at the end it's like, one week or two weeks or three weeks of audits per year, so which is a, which is really a, a nightmare. So this is also to try to avoid that to reduce this uh, this kind of, uh, of footprint. Um, so in terms of all the discussion here about this, so for you as you are, if I can say on, on the game and you are trying to register, so what will be the kind of advices that you would provide to the people that are trying to go to? multiple countries that are really trying to register their software, or maybe it can be also valid for hardware devices. So from your experience, what can we take here as a good maybe or bad or something to improve here?
1: So, First of all, it, it is to have a, a, a global regulatory watch, which consider all the country where, to, where you want to go. All the standards in one hand, and all the countries' requirements also to understand the classification in each of these countries uh as i said at the beginning m- uh, most of countries are recognizing the mdd classification but things are changing we can uh name for example the uk uh, with the brexit yeah so no uk is changing also uh and try to have the same classification than the mdr exactly. when you were class one in uk now you become to be class two a class to b in in, in, in uk and uh, you will have your, you will need your UKCA mark with this classification. Uh, we also discussed about Swiss. Uh, we recognize you no know, the FDA, um, uh, FDA clearance uh, for Australia. For example, the they tried to uh, to integrate the the clinical decision system approach from the FDA, uh, and there was some exemption under the Article fourteen was very interesting for some companies to try to go, and now there is a new guidance uh, for software as medical device, and uh, today, uh, they try to align with the MDR, and they, they are even stronger than the uh, the MDR. Okay. Uh, in our example, for example, we, are, we have some products that are 2A under the MDR, but in, in uh, Australia, there are 2B. Okay. So, this is another... You also have the, the Brazil who who change uh, and uh, change the classification and try to to implement some uh, um, to increase the, the classification and you still have some countries that continue to be exempted like like for example Mexico and Vietnam for for medical device but we know that things are changing very fast so uh, I think it's it's good to have also um, uh, Local representative in these countries to make sure that when the change occurs, you can follow the change because you can be sure that they will follow what, what happened globally and uh, they will also increase their classification. Exactly. And and the last point to accept the classification is really to consider also the grouping because you, you have, depending on the part of the world when you want to go, you have some group of countries. So for example, in Asia, you have the uh, ASEAN. Exactly. Uh, ASEAN, uh, so the medical device uh, directive um, for for uh, many Asiatic countries that are, that is recognised. Uh, for if you want to go in the Latin market, you need also to consider the Mercosur uh, group, which is a group of of, of uh, uh, South American uh, countries. And if you want to go in the Middle East, there is not really a group, but you need to consider first the Saudi FDA. Uh, classification and, and requirement because this is recognized with most of countries from the Gulf. Um, so this is, I think, the, the best advice I uh, can give.
0: No, it's great. And, um, I think as, as we said, so uh, the difficulty is having a person, uh, there that can help, that can also guide you and provide the regulatory update to find this person that can register your product or act as, uh, as your uh, representative there, et cetera. So this is for software. It's existing, but also for other. Uh, technology, so it's mainly something that uh, that uh, we have uh, to to maybe improve. Um, I just wanted also to take this opportunity with this episode with you also to maybe ask the audience if they have um, a list of people or companies that can represent. Uh, so some manufacturers in the different countries, um, if they can send that to me, I, I, I'm trying to create this database of information uh, so that we can share because uh, as we said, so this can serve to other manufacturers and this can serve also to those man- those representatives that want to uh, also get some business. So uh, if you have some lists so just tell me the country and the name of the people. And the idea is for me, for example, to contact them and to see if we can make, a, uh, make them in the list and, and see if they are really, uh, able to, to support uh, customers. And if they have maybe some specific customers that they can support. So the idea is really create this database. So don't hesitate to share that with me. And I will try to make that, uh, to make that, uh, happen. And I hope, yeah, we can disclose that also to, uh, to the people. Um, so, um, Stefan, anything else to conclude with this uh, podcast episode?
1: No. What, what I can say is that we are very happy with the ED medical device uh, uh, representation in the UK and, and in, in Swiss. and uh, and so today I, I I hope that this database will exist and that will be uh, simpler simpler for for us to uh, contact uh, marketing authorization over uh, over the world. And uh, yeah, and, so. Uh, what I can add is just if you, if anyone has a question, uh, to connect on my LinkedIn, uh, because I try to publish all these regulatory watch and information globally. And, uh, I think this is, uh, it would be helpful also for me to, uh, to, to have the feedback from people because, uh, for sure, uh, sometime I can make mistake. It's very difficult to, to follow globally. Uh, and no worldwide all the requirements. So I try to share a maximum to also have any feedback return from, uh, from anyone, uh, to help us, uh, progress together.
0: No problem. So I will put all the, all the information on the show notes so that, uh, you can go directly there and find uh, the LinkedIn profile of, uh, Stefan. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate. If you have also some questions uh, that are maybe related to software, AI, et cetera, so, uh, so, so I think Stefan can also help you. And if you want also to check what is Avicenna providing, so you can also go to their website. I will put everything on the, on the on the show notes also. Okay, so Stefan, it was really a pleasure to have you. Thank you also for all the information, and I hope this will help also other manufacturers that are going to the same route as you to register globally, to understand the difficulties, and then maybe to overcome them. Uh, but yeah we, we, we are here to if there is any question anyway so thank you for that and thank you for participation of this podcast
1: thank you it was a pleasure
0: thank you bye thanks for listening so if you like this episode please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues thank you very much